0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: And welcome back. George Norrie with you, along with Dr. Robert Piccioni. His website is GuideToTheCosmos.com, linked up at CoastToCoastAM.com as well. Robert, uh, what are the odds of the universe forming the way it did, planets forming the way they did, uh, life forming the way it did? I mean, it's astronomical, isn't it?
0: The odds are very close to zero, as far as I could calculate, yes. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk about the origin of the universe, it it turns out that most of the interesting scientific topics, even the ones that are still unanswered, have something to do with Einstein. Uh And what Einstein said about the universe is what really interested him is whether God had any choice when he created the universe.
1: What kind of choice?
0: Well, yeah, that's the question. So what I think he meant was, Do the laws of nature require the universe to be just what we see, you know, so there was no choice? Or could the universe have been radically different? Uh, You know, maybe not even without any stars, maybe not even with life. And in Einstein's time, we really didn't know, but, you know, now we're about 60 years after he died, and we know that radically different universes, including universes that have no stars and have no life, are not only possible, but they're much more likely to be created than a universe like ours that does support life.
1: Robert, do you think if Einstein had computers like we have today, that he would change some of his theories, or would he even be able to get some more that we probably aren't even aware of?
0: You know, I think he probably wouldn't even be able to use a computer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He needed that chalkboard, didn't he?
0: Yes, yes, but, you know, he... His brain worked in an entirely different way, and uh, a very interesting and strange guy.
1: Yeah, he sure was. Now, let's get into what you think the essential requirements for life, what they may be. What are they?
0: Well, first of all, you need a viable universe, which is what I would call finely tuned. Okay. Then you need to have stars that produce the energy and the atoms that life requires, you need, thirdly, to have a suitable habitat. We have the Earth, but there might be other habitats that would work too. And lastly, and uh, critically, you need to have a recipe for life. You need to have a recipe that tells you how to put a living thing together, because we all self assemble, right? And you need to have a recipe for all of the myriad of biological processes that, you know, convert the food we take in into the nutrients we actually need in our cells, and pump the nutrients to those cells and on and on and on and, and, and sustain life. So the life, I can't define what it is, but it's obviously extremely complicated. Um, and I think the human body produces almost a million different types of proteins.
1: Well, in addition to all that, too, Robert, I mean, when you look at life, let, you know, look at a dog or a cat, beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful animals uh, but that, you know, have a finite way of going about their life where, you know, they mm-hmm. wake up, they eat, and, and they do their thing, but... They can't build things like we build and things like that. Right. Look, at, look at the complexity of the human mind in the human being. Mm-hmm. Look what we've been able to accomplish already in just the short time that humans have been on the planet and what we're going to be able to accomplish in the next 50 to 100 years. I mean, once again, the odds of all that happening are, are just, like you said, almost zero. I mean, yeah. look, look at our thought process. We've sent people to the moon, we're, we've right. been out of the solar system, we're developing more and more things. Right. I mean, w- who would create something like that by accident?
0: Well, I have no idea how it could be created by accident. In fact, I, could, I think I can mathematically prove that's impossible for it to be created by accident.
1: Which tells us what?
0: You know, I don't have the answer. There are... So anybody's favorite answer is as good as anybody else's answer. Uh, many people would say it had to be God that had uh, the wisdom and the and the power to create all of this, according to his design. Uh, that's fine if mm-hmm. people say that. Um, there are scientists, I mean, for instance, Stephen Hawking, he's a famous scientist, uh, passed away in the last couple of years. Yeah, and his last book was called uh, The Grand Design, which was uh, actually a terrible title, considering what he put in the book.
1: And I think he wrote that with Leonard uh, Mladenov, right?
0: Yes, and, he, and Hawking probably actually didn't write much of it, is, is my guess. Right, I, th- I think Leonard did. And,
1: yeah. but, and Leonard told us once on this program, Hawking believed in God.
0: Well, uh, some of the things that he said indicate that, and some of the things that he said indicate he didn't. But in his book, he comes to the conclusion that uh, God doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, I think he changed after a while, but... Uh...
0: So uh, his that book claims that there are an infinite number of universes. Ours is just one. And with an infinity of possibilities, everything that you could possibly conceive of has to exist in at least one universe. You know, infinity is big enough to cover everything. I think infinity's a carpet, an intellectual carpet that people sweep topics under that they don't want to talk about. But anyway, so that's what he said. And he said, if there's an infinite number of universes, then even something as strange and exotic as life and exotic as human life has to occur somewhere, and therefore we don't need God.
1: You know, my mother always used to tell me, Robert, when I would ask her that question, you know, Mm -hmm. what is God? She simply said, God always was and always will be. And I said, Mom, that's not an answer for me. I need more than that. Mm -hmm. And I still need more than that, Robert. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe in a divine creator. I believe that there's something that has sparked what we know is our life and our universe. What I don't know is how. Um, yeah. you, know, one, you know, if one is very, very religious, and there's nothing wrong with that, you, know, you merely accept the fact that God always was, always will be, and that's the way it is. And Jesus was the Son of God and came down to save us, and things like that. But I need a little bit more than that. And, and it is so baffling and puzzling and sometimes frustrating that the answer isn't right under our nose.
0: We expect answers, don't we? We do. Yeah, that's, we do. that's the way humans are organized. We expect answers. It's very difficult to us to face the fact that there may not be an answer. Incidentally, Einstein had the same religious beliefs you do. That's good. And so did Newton.
1: And I think he, he took the theory of E equals MC square from me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you, you probably weren't born then, huh? No, I
1: was not born then, that's for yeah. sure. That's,
0: that's for sure. 110 years ago or something.
1: Well, here's an interesting phrase. Some scientists claim science proves God does not exist, but you think they could be wrong. Tell me, that, tell me about that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Hawking uh, gave the, the most cogent of those arguments, that uh, all you need to do to get rid of God is to have an infinite number of universes and everything you can think of exists in one. But I look at that argument, and I say Hawking got it backwards, because if there are an infinite number of universes and something, anything you can think of exists in some universe, then obviously there has to be a universal god.
1: You seem to be tipping without the answer, but you seem to be tipping to the belief of some kind of divine creator.
0: Well, I would be comfortable with that, uh, but, you know, I'm a scientist, and I can't... I, I can't, there certainly is no scientific evidence that proves God does not exist. It would be very difficult to prove something does not exist, but uh, and and we have not done that, and we probably never will. But also, uh, conversely, there's no scientific evidence that God does exist. Uh, You know, science doesn't take testimony as evidence, even if the testimony came from Albert Einstein. So the fact that it says so in the Bible, uh, that's not scientific evidence. Science works when we have these reproducible phenomena that anybody in the universe can observe whenever they want to, and whatever instruments they have, and come up with a consistent answer. And that's not the situation uh, with God. So...
1: We, We have calls from some people who are very astute. Uh, they're, ah. they're atheists. We yep. get calls from people who are true believers in a God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have others on the fence. They're, they're agnostic. They, they want to believe, but they don't have the facts in their own mind to, to believe it. But let's talk for a moment, if we can, Robert, about an atheist, a, a total non-believer. Mm-hmm. What gets somebody to that point of being just a total skeptic about even the possibility that there could be some kind of divine intervention?
0: Well, you know, I've given a lot of talks at various religious organizations, and uh, all of the religious leaders there that have invited me have said that science is not an impediment to people being religious. The, the major impediment to people being religious, they all say, is the existence of evil. Hmm. So when okay. bad things happen,
1: and they do. Uh,
0: and, and they, they do. always do, and they happen to good people, and so on. Uh, the question that comes to some many people's mind is, why did God allow that to happen? Here's this wonderful person, and they get run over by a truck, and they leave behind, you know, five starving children. Why didn't God run over some gangbanger instead? Uh, and you can't explain these things. And for some people, that negates any possibility that they could believe in a benevolent, omnipotent God who allows bad things to happen.
1: Well, and and, and in the beginning, in the early part of the Bible, the the Genesis portion, you would would really read about a very vindictive God.
0: Yeah, the uh, Old Testament God is uh, different from the New Testament.
1: He sure is. He sure is. Or it sure is. Yeah. What about what about the? How can science? Can science prove life?
0: Well, we don't have a definition. I mean, everybody seems to know when they see something that's alive, but uh,
1: but they don't know how or why. They don't
0: know how to define it. But it, it one of the things that's essential about life is how complicated it is. So all of these things that are necessary to support life take an immense amount of information, and so one. What I focus on is how can all of that information have been created from a bunch of inorganic uh, matter?
1: Exactly, and then it ends up being what we are today.
0: Yeah. So everything you know, all the complicated things that you spoke of earlier, all the things that human beings can do that the incredible capacity of our brain, all of that is fundamentally due to what's in our DNA.
1: And I didn't even touch upon things like dreaming, uh, you know, having consciousness, uh, telepathy, the paranormal end of living, people who have had near-death experiences and they talk about what they think the other side might be. I mean, when you look at all of this, it is the most amazing, complex puzzle you'll ever come across.
0: That's right. And and everything that we're capable of is in our DNA.
1: There are some days, Robert, that I say, don't worry, George, about figuring it out. Just enjoy your life. <laughs> Have a great time, because you're not going to get the answer. And then there's that news person in me, Robert, that has been you know, pushing me all my life yeah. that wants the answers, that needs sure. the answers, and I'm not going to give up until I get them.
0: Well, so uh, what I do is I try to enjoy life and go after the answers.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What would you say in terms of life makes all of this even so remarkable? Would you call? Would you say it's DNA? What What would be the trigger I, I, point?
0: I think DNA is the key from a scientific point of view.
1: All right, tell me why.
0: Okay, DNA is the most exquisite structure that science has discovered anywhere. In anything at all it our DNA a human uh, uh, one piece of human DNA has 100 billion atoms Wow and those atoms come together to form 3 billion symbols which are a code the the code is in four letters and so you have 3 billion symbols that are four letters long and that defines everything you are at the at the moment of birth now that's enough information to fill one thousand five hundred volumes of the Encyclopedia Britannica. jeez, if anybody in the audience is old enough to remember what that was
1: and the people used to come to your door to sell them yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: and I bought one once yeah uh, i I thought my kids would uh Learn from it, but that never happened. The internet came along, and uh, you know they don't open books anymore.
1: Nobody, yeah, not like that. Yeah, right.
0: But anyway, so somehow or other, this this exquisitely complicated thing that defines everything that we are had to come out of an inert piece of, of matter. You know, some random chemical sitting in a pond that got hit with a lightning bolt or something. That's what most scientists think.
1: This DNA code, didn't something have to construct it and write the code for it to be so logical?
0: Well, what I uh, have shown in my book, which is uh, particularly the book titled Can Life Be Merely an Accident? Okay. I calculate the probability that this could have occurred by this random process that science has been talking about. And the odds of that are just astronomically ridiculously unreasonable. Yeah. There's no way that could possibly happen. No.
1: There really no. Is. It's like you and I going to buy one Powerball ticket and we hit it. You know what? We theoretically can hit it, but we're not going to.
0: It's more like you're buying a million Powerball tickets and every one of them is a winner. Yeah. You know, there was a famous uh, astronomer, uh, cosmologist, a British guy named Sir Fred Hoyle. And he said that the, the idea that life could be assembled by random chemical reactions was, was as ridiculous as <laughs> forming a Boeing 747 by a tornado whirling through a junkyard. I love it.
1: But he doesn't provide the alternative, though. That's no. the thing. Nobody can.
0: No, no. I th- there's no. I mean, uh, other than uh, God, uh, which is is, is that is that. Concept, is that and
1: I'm being respective balance. here. But is but is simply saying God did this a cop out?
0: Well, I don't say I wouldn't think of it as a cop out. I mean, uh, it's a serious religious belief. And I think the people that believe that are entirely sincere. And oh no, c- who no think question. That's not good enough. Are probably also entirely
1: sincere. But isn't it an easy answer to this? Yes, that's that. That was what I
0: meant. Yes.
1: I don't. When I say God was a cop out, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way. I mean well, it was just. I, a, and,
0: and scientists will say it's Darwinian evolution, but, but and that's a cop out too because uh, you know that doesn't provide uh, any information. And Stephen Hawking's uh, Infinite Number of Universes is also a cop-out, because what he's telling you is just completely random chance, so there's, you know, there's no answer there. That's why I complain about the book being titled The Grand Design, because in the end he says there is no grand design, it's just random luck. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.